Hi, my name is Joel Knox. I'm the senior pastor at the Vineyard Church of Brenham in Brenham, Texas. I'm so glad you're interested in our podcasts. This media is completely free to you, so you can share it with anyone else however you'd like. Our church is located at 1401 South Bluebell Road in Brenham at the corner of Tom Green Street next to the Bluebell Creamery and across from the Bluebell Aquatic Center. You can also find us on the web at vineyardbrenham.org and on Facebook and Twitter at Vineyard Brenham. Anyway, thanks again for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. I want to welcome everybody again to our Easter service here in Fireman's Park. Um, if you have eyes, you've watched the bounce house going up behind us, rising up from the ground, even as we were singing about the risen Savior. So there you go, a nice visual for you. <laughs> um, if you saw our ads on Facebook or maybe in the paper, if you heard about us on the radio, um, you have wandered in here kind of off the street and you have no idea what's going on. We are the Vineyard Church of Brenham and we are celebrating our Easter service here in the park this year. Yay, yes, yes. And um, we, everything is free. We're going to have free hot dogs, free hamburgers, free food. The bounce house is free. We're going to have an egg hunt later. Um, but, and then we'll, Joel will have a couple of more, Joel right here, we'll have a couple more announcements after he finishes. But I just wanted to welcome everybody. If you um, were here when we first got started, you heard that on some of these tables, we have little um, cards that we use on our Sunday mornings just to kind of connect with you. Feel free to leave it. Or if you like, go ahead and fill that out. Let us know you were here. We would love to touch base with you guys and just thank you all for coming out. Um, and you can hang on to that. Somebody will, or you can drop it up here, <laughs> whatever you prefer. Um, we're not doing any kind of an offering or anything this Sunday, so you can relax, put your pocketbooks away. Um, but that we would appreciate having uh, that kind of record of you guys being here. So without further ado, if he doesn't get... He's, he wasn't getting in the bounce house. Okay. <laughs> Joel Knox. <laughs> Sorry about that. I, was, I thought I was going to have a little bit more time to work with. Well, I'm so glad you're here. Because if you guys didn't show up, it would just be the few of us and we would just... We'd just set up and do the music, and then we'd go home. Oh, yeah. Well, we got bounce house stuff going on. So, so we're so glad you're here. I want to talk to you real quickly. When we got the idea to have this service, for the past, I don't know how many years, Villar and Diane, how, long, how many years did we have the picnic out at y'all's place? 15, 20 years, something like that. And so last year, they told us that this is going to have to be the last year. We, you know, they, they, they have the, the B&B that they operate out of their home. And Easter's a big weekend for them. And I know it wasn't an easy decision, but, but they, they told us, yeah, we're, we've, we can't do this anymore. And so we came up with the idea to have our Easter service in the park 
along with the picnic to kind of combine the two things. And so that's where this idea was birthed, and you all have made it happen. So I just want to thank you for being here today. And I said when, whenever before we started singing, there on the table in front of you, we have some Connect cards. It's what we call our Connect cards. That's how we stay in contact and connect with, with people who visit us. If you have never visited our church before, we would love for you to fill one of those out and just give us what comfort information that you're comfortable giving us. We don't sell your personal information to Google or anything like that. But we would just like to thank you for visiting us and just be able to stay in touch with you going forward. So we won't send harassing emails or anything like that. So I think I've got a little bit of feedback happening, Richard. Now, one of the things that we, we want to do on, on Easter Sunday is read the story of, of Easter, the, the resurrection story. And the reason we're here isn't to celebrate the Easter bunny for laying chocolate eggs or throwing a party just because it's springtime. Though with weather like this, I think we need to throw a party just every day that the weather's like this. The real reason we're here is that Jesus Christ was resurrected from the dead about 2,000 years ago. At this point, we don't know. We just know that he was resurrected. And there were witnesses to his resurrection. There were witnesses to his life after death before he went back to heaven. After being tried like a criminal, even though he did nothing wrong, Jesus was condemned to die by Jewish leaders in Jerusalem and crucified by the Roman government. But the story didn't end there. I want to read the entire account of what happened next from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24. If you have the Bible on your, on your phone, I'm reading from the New International Version. So you can follow along with me. Whatever your version of choice is, you should be able to keep up. But the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, beginning in verse 1. Very early on Easter Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking spices that they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. And the women were terrified and they bowed with their faces to the ground. And the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. And that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered that he had said this. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. 
But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, and so they didn't believe it. Even Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Stooping in, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. And then he went home again and wondered what had happened. And that same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they, were, as they walked along, they were talking with, about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. And he asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? And they stopped short, sadness written across their faces. And then one of them, Cleopas, replied, You must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there this last few days. What things? Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles and was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel, and this all had happened just three days ago. Then some women from our group of of his followers were at his tomb early this morning, and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing. And they had seen angels who had told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the women had said. Then Jesus said to them, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory. Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus. And at the end of their journey, Jesus acted as if he were going on, but they begged him, stay the night with us since it's getting late. So he went home with them. And as they sat down to eat, he took the bread and he blessed it. And then he broke it and gave it to them. And suddenly their eyes were open and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour... They were on their way back to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven disciples and the others who had gathered with them, who said, The Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. And then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road, and how they had recognized him as he was breaking the bread. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened, he asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. 
You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I'm not a ghost. Because ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. And as he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. And then he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he ate it as they watched. Then he said, When I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said, Yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. Now the Bible gives us four accounts of the life of Jesus. These books are called Gospels. And that word gospel means good news. So this is the good news of Jesus in four books as recorded by Matthew, who was one of Jesus' disciples. Mark and Luke, who were later traveling companions with the Apostle Paul. And John, who was also a disciple of Jesus. And each book is a a distinct account of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus from each writer's perspective. They were witnesses who testified that Jesus lived, died, and rose again. And these books are their collective legacy. The Apostle Paul, who was responsible for writing the other 30% of the New Testament was opposed to the spread of the gospel in the early church. In fact, at one point, he was responsible for the death of one of the early leaders in the church by the name of Stephen. In the book called The Acts of the Apostles, Paul, who was then called Saul, was on his way to arrest Christians. And he encountered the risen Christ... And soon after, this enemy of the gospel, of the church, became one of its chief messengers. And in a letter that he wrote to a church that was in a city called Corinth, he wrote about the credibility of the resurrection. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he said, Let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters... Of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and you still stand firm in it. It is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe in the message I told you, unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. I passed on to you what was most important and what has also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures have said. 
He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. And after that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time. Most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. And last of all, as though as I had been born at the wrong time, he also appeared to me. Now, through the centuries, the Bible has possibly been one of the most criticized books in all of history. Again and again, skeptics and scholars have set out to disprove its claims, particularly in the Gospels. If the story of Jesus could be disproved, then it doesn't need to be taken seriously. But if this story is credible, if the gospel message is true, then it means Jesus is who he says he is. He's the Son of God. And as the Son of God, he has a claim on each and every one of our lives. But it's our decision to accept or reject him. There's a story in the Gospel of Mark that describes a discussion that Jesus had with his disciples. In Mark chapter 8, it says that Jesus and his disciples left Galilee and went up to the villages near Caesarea Philippi. And as they were walking along, he asked them, Who do people say that I am? Well, they replied, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah. And others say you are one of the other prophets. And then he asked them, but who do you say that I am? And Peter replied, you are the Messiah. The question that Jesus asked his disciples that day is the same question that I want to pose to each of us here this morning. Who do you say that Jesus is? If we say Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, then we have a decision to make. Will we receive him as our Savior and Lord? Or will we reject him and go our own way? The choice is entirely up to each of us. And we're going to get ready to take communion here this morning. And as a church, we practice open communion, which means you don't have to be a member of the Vineyard Church in order to take communion. But what we do ask is that you be a believer, that you recognize the sacrifice that Jesus made. The Bible tells us that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, that he took bread. And after he had broken it, he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take this in remembrance of me. And scripture says that he also took a cup. And after he drank from that cup, he told his disciples, this is the New Testament in my blood. Take this in remembrance of me. I will not drink from this cup again until you are united with me in my kingdom in heaven. The Apostle Paul said, as often as we eat this bread and drink from this cup, we remember the Lord's death until he comes.
And that's what we've come to do here today. And so I want to invite you to come and take communion with us. And again, the only requirement is that you acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. That he's the Savior of the world. And you can do that by taking that bread and that cup. And say, Jesus, I receive you. And that receiving the body and blood of Jesus. He said if you don't take his, his body and blood, you can't have any part of him. So if you receive that, you can receive healing. You can receive restoration. You can receive salvation in acknowledging who Jesus is.